You are now listening to This and That, a podcast collaboration about some of everything that's anything with your hosts, David and Brenda. Now, let's get to talking about this and that. Hello, everyone. Welcome again from Podcast Land Studio. You are listening to Brenda, better known as Miss Brenbren. And this is David, a.k.a. Dr. David, a.k.a. The Professor. And we are coming from our eclectic podcast, This and That. And as always, we're excited to be with you on this day, May 18, 2019, for another episode. And what episode is this, David? This is episode 16, otherwise known as our Sweet 16 episode. You can imagine what we mean by Sweet 16. That is our theme for this podcast, where we're going to get into topics that are youth teen related, right? That's correct. But before we go any further, let's do our normal shout outs to all of those who are listening, including those in the cities of Houston, Texas, Atlanta, Georgia, Middletown, Ohio, Birmingham, Alabama, and overseas, we have Meddorf, Germany, on Netherlands. And we are, as always, excited to chat with all of you, as well as those in the U.S. military who are listening to us from the U.S. as well as overseas. Thank you for your service, and thank you to those who are supporting you, including your families and civilian support groups who may also be listening to us as well. And this past week was uh, Police Memorial Week, I believe, so thank you to all the police as well as first responders for their service as well. Yes, thank you, thank you, thank you. If we are talking about listening to us on demand, where could people hear us? Folks can hear us 365, 24-7 on our home base, SoundCloud, also iTunes, a.k.a. Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play Music, and TuneIn. We're also available on all Alexa voice-assisted devices. And as always, if you want to get in touch with us, where could people email us? They can email the show at thisandthat at aboutgreatercincinnati.com. That's this, the letter N, that, all nine characters, at sign, aboutgreatercincinnati.com. Also, uh, in case you didn't know, we have an email uh, distribution list, tickler list reminder for folks. And if you want to sign up for that, you can, when you drop us a line, put in the subject, sign up for email, and we will add you to the list. And you know what's great about all of this? It's free. That's right. The podcast is free. Yeah, so all you got to do is sign up, and we'll be happy to share with you when we are ready to distribute an updated podcast. Plus, um, just hints of things that come in the future, for those who are on the, the distribution list, there will be all sorts of 
uh, behind the scene things as well as uh, interesting, I'll, I'll just say, uh, upcoming goodies that um, folks can enter a contest for. Those are all only going to be available to folks through the mailing list. All right, so why don't we talk about what we are going to cover on our Sweet 16 episode. First, we'll start with um, actually a, a, a very um, serious topic, and that is youth teen suicide. Just leave it at that. It's a serious topic. Brenda and I heard all sorts of statistics, as you might have as well, and we wanted to get some answers. So that's what that segment is about. We also have, uh, following up on another note, there have been, especially in our area as well, um, schools around the country have started to eliminate the valedictorian and salutatorian positions. So we want to know what's up with that. What's the reasoning around it? Also, from the we didn't make this up, uh, I will not give this away. But uh, this is, again, something dealing hmm, with youth teen, but also, um, I would say, spilling over a little bit into the millennial category, so it's technically a little bit out of that. But you'll follow the gist of it when we mention that. But again, we did not make this up, that entire topic. No, trust me, we didn't make it up. And then we have words of wisdom from uh, a young man who goes by the moniker of Kid President. Yeah, and um, if he were running, I think you'd vote for him, but we'll save that for later. Exactly. So, if that covers um, everything that we're going to talk about, shall we get started with our Sweet 16 edition? Yep, let's go ahead and wind it up. Talking about a very serious topic that is becoming increasingly widespread throughout the United States, especially here in Ohio. And that is where we're going to learn more about teen youth suicide. Yes, you heard me, teen youth suicide. It is on the rise and youth are struggling. And for them, the answer is very very extreme, and that is committing suicide. Right. Brent and I heard on the news that the youth suicide rates in the U.S. have been climbing really since the this century, the 21st century, and that here in Ohio, the youth suicide rate hit an 18-year high, and we wanted to find out what's really going on, what's behind the spike. Another thing we found is that Suicide is among the top three causes of death for youth and teens in the United States. And by that, we're talking um, really eight years to 18 years old, essentially. Those are the, the age range that we're looking at. To find out more, we decided to have a chat with the Director of Outpatient Behavioral Health with Lighthouse Youth and Family Services, and also the owner of Live Well Group LLC, a consulting and counseling service in Cincinnati, Ohio. And that is Dr. Dewana Lenoir. And we're about to go into our Let's Chat segment. 
to find out more from her about this topic, Youth Teen Suicide. Thank you very much, Dr. Dewana, for being with us today. No problem. Thank you for having me. We are, we've been hearing, Brenda and I, that the youth suicide rates hit like an 18-year record high in the state of Ohio and is also spiking nationwide. Is that really the case? Uh, or is it just something in the media that's getting reported more? Has there really been an increase? I think there um, are two things at work here. I think there is more of attention being paid to it, and so we are getting more information about the rates of suicide. Um, And I also think that due to um, the lack of attention that has been paid to the mental health and mental well-being of our youth, that the rates are increasing and and youth are finding it um, difficult to cope with life and don't have the resources at hand necessary to um, succeed. And so we are seeing uh, increase in the rates of suicide, and that is the sad truth, David. Now, Dr. Dewana, um, what resources are available in the community for at-risk youth and teens, given that we're seeing this increase? Well, many um, of the schools in Cincinnati um, are linked with community partners, um, which are mental health agencies. You mentioned in my intro that I work for Lighthouse Youth and Family Services. One of the services that we offer to our partnering schools is therapy in the school system, which is available to students that are um, enrolled in the schools that we partner with, and we will offer those services both in school, in the home, in the community, so that when children, youth are dealing with issues of depression, anxiety, um, any type of things that are prerequisites or precursors to feeling thoughts of suicide or actually having gestures towards suicide, there's someone there to intervene. So as it relates to resources, there are community mental health agencies, there are um, referrals that can be made to um, private therapists. Most communities have resource centers where they provide um, mentoring and counseling to kids, where they can get involved in sports, have other outlets to kind of interact with kids of their own age range. There are multiple things that families can do to engage their children, especially when they see them withdrawn, when they see them dealing with issues of um, just low mood, low motivation, lack of involvement in anything that would... uh, increase their likelihood of engaging with others. And so there's a lot of things that families are encouraged to do. The end result is just kind of knowing those resources and then tapping into them with assistance from anyone that they, they connect with. Now, is there a, a, some sort of directory, either, either locally or nationwide? How, how does one find their local center? for these mental health services. Most folks, as you know, today have cell phones, you know, yellow pages, white pages. I I think they're just, you know, recycled right away once they're delivered to your house, if you're getting them. So how how do do you find these centers? Most times it's as simple as asking your local school or 
nowadays in the uh, evolution of technology and social media, it's really about kind of Googling it and figuring out what's close to you, what's near you, and even just asking those closest to you how to access those services. But most townships, city villages, they have a list of um, agencies and um, providers that are listed in their area. And so it's as simple as asking um, because they're out there. Now, just uh, a, a short a short while ago, you mentioned one of the um, the symptoms or warning signs of somebody going through um, a possible uh, mental depression um, where they might be thinking about suicide. And that was uh, withdrawal. So are there any other warning signs or symptoms that people should be looking out for? Particularly in um, adolescents and teens when they are no longer engaged in the things that they once were, like if they didn't want to play with their friends anymore, they don't want to go out to things that they would typically have shown interest in in the past. Those are um, initial warning signs that something is different, something has changed. If they're isolating in their bedroom, if they no longer want to spend time with family, if they are avoiding or don't want to go to school for various reasons, um, or aren't really even articulating a reason why they don't want to be engaged in school or friends or go to social events, you really want to be concerned about that withdrawal and that lack of engagement with others because there's there's some isolation going on and we want to definitely interrupt that pattern. But I've also uh, heard some news stories where there were young kids where you would not have known anything was going wrong. Um, They weren't being withdrawn or nothing like that. So is there anything else that people should be looking for in those particular cases where the person seems like everything is fine, but then all of a sudden they've committed suicide? Well, the reality is that if someone doesn't want us to know something, they're not going to tell us. And so there isn't a way to really know that someone is um, having suicidal thoughts or feeling suicidal if they aren't sharing that openly, um, it really it really just comes down to kind of being as engaged with someone and knowing their pattern of behavior. For, for youth, I think it's important for parents to spend time talking with their children, engaging with their children, how was your day, how's school, are things okay, and, and taking it a step further when the kid says things are fine or things are not fine kind of asking what get, what makes you give that answer, you know, wondering about bullying and things of that nature, just to kind of get to the root of what may be going on with the children in school and in social activities. Now, is, is there any type of, I'll, I'll just call that kind of, um, of screening or monitoring like that that's happening in schools? Or um, like Brenda, I, I, I saw where, there are certain um, emergency rooms now where youth and teens are making them fill out a, a questionnaire, that type of thing, just to see if they're at risk. Is that? Yeah, they are. They are doing what they are calling um, suicide risk assessments, and that's just to kind of get a, a pulse on whether a youth 
teen or child is um, susceptible to suicide risk. And so emergency rooms are doing those. Um, anyone that is in the mental health profession, they're doing suicide risk prevention screening. Again, the agency for which I work, Lighthouse Youth and Family Services, our school-based services pod is definitely doing training and screening for youth on suicide prevention and risk. Okay, now as part of your um, your business um, services, what would what do you offer to um, folks that may need to contact you for more help? Um, I am located on the World Wide Web at www.livewellgroupllc.com, and um, persons can find my website there, which will give them contact information to my agency where either myself or the other clinician that worked for me would be able to help them with individual therapy, family therapy, therapy for their children. Um, and if uh, cost is an issue or if they are looking to go through a public health type um, setup or situation, they could definitely access services through Lighthouse Youth and Family Services which is um, currently offering integrated access involvement to refer them to different treatment modalities. Well, the work that you and the other clinicians in this particular field are doing, because um, it's very important, because, you know, I've read that teen suicide is the third leading cause of death in that particular age group. And what what is that age group, by the way? We're we're talking about kids anywhere from eight to seventeen. Gotcha. So that is a very um, young group that's going through this type of um, mental depression that's causing them to be um, suicidal. And the work that you're doing to prevent that is very important. So thank you very much. Oh no problem. Okay. Well, again, thank you again for talking with us about uh, teen youth suicide. And again, where can folks reach you if they need to get in touch with you? They can reach me online at www.livewellgroupllc.com or by calling 513-906-8200. Could you repeat that once again for folks? The phone number is 513-906-8200, and the website is www.livewellgroupllc.com. And, and on that uh, website, do you have a contact us page if people want to email and the like? Absolutely. Okay. All right, well, thank you again. We greatly appreciate you providing some insight to this very important topic, teen youth suicide. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity to share. Glad Dr. Dewana was able to share with us her insights about this important uh, topic of teen youth suicide. Yes, uh, as, as we, we got into some of the statistics before and, and obviously during the interview. Uh, another one out there, just to show how I would use the word epidemic this is, is that more 
Youth, teens, young adults die from suicide, then from cancer, heart disease, AIDS, birth defects, stroke, pneumonia, influenza, and chronic lung disease combined. That's just how big a deal this is in that that, age group. That is very alarming, very, very alarming. And what's also alarming is that four out of five teens who attempt suicide have given clear warning signs. So that means that parents, loved ones, teachers, friends need to pay close attention to those around them who they may have concerns about because they may be trying to tell them something and they need to pay attention to the signs. Yes, and and picking up on that, Dr. Dewana mentioned during the interview um, um, surveys and surveillance systems that are being put in place at various children's hospitals, including in our area and at some schools. And specifically, that survey is called the Youth Risk Behavioral Surveillance System. And it's something from the CDC, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, based down in Atlanta. And it looks at national, state, local um, data and representative sample sizes. Right now, they're focusing on high school. When I say high school, I mean, you know, grades 9 through 12. And it really looks at trying to weed out and find uh, risk behaviors across an entire spectrum of of categories, including, of course, um, looking for signs of possible depression, suicidal tendencies and ideation and such. So for you parents out there or other concerned folks, you may want to see if your school or school district has these things in place. And um, as also was mentioned in the interview, if you feel that there's an at-risk youth, you'll have to Google up in your particular area where some of these centers are where you can get that individual help. And what's very important Please pay attention. Please, if you see something, say something, because it is very important. Let's get into a what's up with that topic. And I do really mean, what's up with Mason High School in the suburb of Cincinnati, Ohio, that is eliminating the valedictorian salutatorian honors. Yes, um, when we first heard this, it was one of those we had to do a double take. The reasoning behind it was essentially to um, help with the mental health, mental state of students by taking away unhealthy competition that um, the school district says is occurring amongst these students now, at is, the top of the, the class. Is this really a, um unhealthy competition? I mean, really? I, I would say no. I, that's just my personal opinion. I would say no. And they don't offer any evidence as to uh, this is unhealthy for these folks. But, again, so you're not just hearing from us. There are various news stories, obviously, in this area. This was a big deal. And uh, this is a story that Channel 9, 9 on your side, WCPO, did post it on their website as well as on YouTube, where they spoke to some folks out in the Mason High School area about this change. 
let's hear what they had to say. Samantha Segerman reflects. Definitely a lot of pressure that I put on myself. Active in marching band, she graduated from Mason High School two years ago. It was me wanting to do the best I could and as much I, as much as I could to try to impress colleges. And she graduated with above a 4.0 GPA. I know I wasn't in the top 10%. So when she found out her alma mater was doing away with what matters to so many, she was stunned. That is so surprising to me because for nothing else than these kids have worked since their freshman year, some of them even in eighth grade. Her brother, a junior at Mason High, Sue Segerman, Samantha's mom, worries for some students in her son's class, all of their hard work will be for nothing. If they've been working really hard and pushing really hard with that as a goal, and then that kind of gets pulled out from under your feet, I kind of feel like that sort of stinks for the, the junior class right now. Okay. So there, there you have it there. Uh, the folks out in Mason, mixed bag, there's some that say, meh, and more people who are, again, not even in that, um, I would say, top tier uh, of students who are going to very aggressively go after one and two slots, but were striving to be the best that they could. Very surprised at this. And again, my... Uh, my issue with this and going through the various research, both news uh, and there are various uh, news items on this in video as well as in print, nowhere do I see the Mason School District, any of these folks saying, here's this data that shows, or there was some event that could be tied to or even correlated strongly or weakly with this competition and therefore they want to end it. Well, this was just somebody's harebrained idea, in my opinion. Well, I think... Um, makes no sense. My, my personal view is that they say they're doing this for mental health reasons um, to improve them, but I think it's going to be detrimental and it's going to make it even worse. And that is because you're taking away drive and ambition out of some people. And in a lot of schools, it's not competitive. I mean, when I graduated from high school, we were all striving to be the best we can, but we didn't have people being competitive to the point of, you know, stealing people's homework or changing their grades or trying to um, do whatever to get the top spot so that they would not be, um, so that they would then be number one versus number two, three, four, whatever. Um, a lot of people are just trying to get the best grades that they can because they want to get into college. Yes, that's where most people are at. Now, I would say in my high school, um, there were some individuals who definitely wanted to be number one. And uh, that's a whole other other subject. But still, they, it wasn't obsessive. They, it wasn't to the point that there was unhealthy competition. And, and the like, I, I would say. And um, that, that's what I'll say with that, just to make keep this short. I mean, personally, <laughs> when you are striving, or to use their word, competing for the top spot. And you are competing. In not... As valedictorian and salutatorian. Um, that's just real world. Exactly. It is definitely preparing you for the real world. And make no mistake about it. It is a competition, and it could get cutthroat, but that's real world. Deal with it. 
And again, they offer no data that this is just, you know, crushing people's, you know, psyches. They have tons and tons of pressure already, and I disagree with you. This is not going to crush people who are competitive. This is going to, they're going to find other ways to try and stand out more, which may lead to some unhealthy things, depending on what, how that school system is set up. I, I can just tell you, that's what's really going to happen. If well, I'm a that's junior where, that's where and parents, I was number one, parents need to be. How parents. do I make sure I'm still considered number one when parents, I go to college? Parents need to be parents. Sometimes the parents and manage too, though. This with their kids. Yes. And administrators and schools need to be doing their their jobs. Well, that's you're echoing what uh, there was a CNN CNN covered this as well. It wasn't just the local folks here in Southwest Ohio. It was. Uh, national as well. So you had MSNBC and so like in CNN, Frederica Whitfield, um, they had a, the B-roll as they like to call it in, in the news business. And then she interviewed Robbie Ludwig who comes on every now and again as their psychotherapist for HLN and, and CNN. And Robbie Ludwig essentially said she, she has kids in the school district that got rid of this. But um, number one, it's not unhealthy competition. And number two, um, the Having valedictorian and all this other stuff doesn't lead to undue stress on kids. They have tons of other stress already, and this is, you know, not even on the scale of things. I'm paraphrasing what, what she said to Frederica. So they're making a change that a psychotherapist, and I'm sure she's not alone in this country, would say, meh, it's not going to make a difference to what you're trying to do anyway. Well, she's definitely not alone because I don't think it's going to make a difference. And I think Mason should... Put it back and not try to use the um, titles like they do in college. Well, well, yeah. Uh, well, it's not titles so much. It's the honor. So you, yeah. you're going to have honors you know, like with, they use in college. With honors. And that's what they meant. We cut the story off a little bit where the reporters, like, they're going to the quote-unquote Latin system. So they mean, like, you know, cum laude with, with honors and summa cum laude with maximum honors, whatever. That's So you'll have that if you're certain grade points. And that's... That's fine, but even even in college, they're still a valedictorian. They're still number one. I mean, you go to it's from service academies down to public-private schools. And again, that's real world. When you're at a job and they've got raises to give out, it's not like participation trophies. They're going to look at how, whatever the criteria is, who's number one, number two, whatever, whatever percentage. Those people are going to get that bonus. Not everybody's going to get the bonus. Well, <laughs> so, Mason the, High the, School. The, further you, the sooner you learn about it, the better off you are. Mason, Mason High School, bring back valedictorian and salutatorian. And, and one other thing, and then we'll have to close this out. What they should have done, and this makes me think there's maybe some kind of in, interesting politics going on up in Mason. When I say politics, small p politics involving students and some other stuff. Because it, because it makes no sense, as, they, as the folks in the, in the story said, why are you penalizing the junior class or even the sophomores or whatever? You could say we're going to eliminate it, but it's going to start with this class. It's going to start with people incoming into freshman year or whatever. Or at least not affect the juniors, because that's, you're changing the game, you know, the rules in the middle of the game. And that, that always stinks. And people are going to end up, at least short-term, doing, I think, unhealthy things that they were trying to have folks avoid ostensibly. Yeah, again, Mason, reconsider, bring it back.
the segment called We Didn't Make This Up. For folks who are new to our podcast, we have this segment named because every now and again, Brenda and I come across some news blurb, article, factoid that is just so outrageous. We look at each other and go, is this for real? Yeah. And when we heard this particular story, all I could say to David was, really? (laughs) Yes. Okay. So what are we talking about? We are talking about adulting classes. Really? Now, adulting is one of those, I'm not sure if it's a, a real world or not, a real word or not, but it essentially means to folks, millennials and younger, doing all the boring things that it means to be an adult, such as, oh, paying your bills, maintaining, a ho- owning a home, maintaining a home. Sewing on a button. Yes. Cooking, etc. So that's what adulting means. Cleaning and, a bathroom. And yes, and apparently uh, there, and, and uh, we haven't been able to find percentage, but it must be at least a plurality, or it's good enough, uh, it's a large number. Uh, of of millennials don't know how to be grown-ups. And this is their words, not us talking from other generations. But shouldn't they be learning how to be grown-ups from their, their parents? parents? Yes. People that they are around, like aunts and uncles, grandparents, uh, teachers, other adults. Isn't that how you learn how to be an adult? Yes, but their context is they don't know how to be an adult, so they're, this started in Portland, Maine with some folks in, um, who started an adulting school. And uh, Really? Yes, they started an adulting school in Portland, Maine to help millennials in, in Maine and maybe other parts of New England uh, learn how to be adults. As we said, we've already given you some of these examples because they weren't learning it in school, and obviously weren't getting it from home. Okay, so, hold up for a minute. <laughs> Isn't Maine a small state? It is. There it's you very go. much a small state. There you go. That explains it. Well, it doesn't, because if you... I This is one of these challenges, and I went and Googled adulting classes and, you know, put in cities in our area, and around Ohio, there are adulting classes one can take. <laughs> Full stop. All and in other big cities, all I'm going to say Atlanta, is, really? Yes, this is this is that's why I said I don't know the percentage of millennials that feel this way, but it's good enough for people to you know run businesses off of and and teach them how to be adults. Well, thank you to those that offer how businesses <laughs> or services to help people. Uh, learn how to do certain activities. How do you replace the toilet seat? But, you know, I would like to say, um, when I was growing up, when in high school, we had classes like home ec, shop, um, business 101, that type of thing. And that's where we learned some of these tasks. Plus, plus I'm sorry, you also had things like, oh, 4-H and junior yeah. achievement, or even the scouts, even in school. Scouting, you learn this stuff. So what are, Some of it. What if are, you didn't pick what, up things from your parents. What are kids learning? And we had things it's called, um, you know, board games. And for yeah, those whatever who, happened to Payday? 
Uh, right, payday. Was Monopoly. The game of life. I mean, if you didn't, I mean, there's all sorts of things where you could pick up these these socializations and know what the adult world was about long before one was even you know in high school, let alone out of high school. And I get, and I know last time I was in Walmart, some of these games still exist. Well, kids, parents need to buy them for their kids. And they need to <laughs> play to do them. Something. They have a need to have a Friday night game night or a Saturday or something over the weekend. But and they need to bring some of this stuff back. But wait, there's more. No. From the co-founder of the Portland, Maine adulting school, Rachel Flanger, uh, in t- this uh, this past December, December 2018, she launched online classes geared towards millennials who want to learn things. And they really yes. And one of the things they talk about is how to deal with love. And they have a whole course curriculum on love. And this is online as well as in the class. And You're just going to keep hearing me say, really? It will include, and I quote from Rachel, how to have a relationship, how to talk to someone, conflict resolution, which she further defines as how not to fight. Like, you have to define conflict resolution. Well, uh, I wait, guess, wait, 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 I wait. guess kids today aren't I'm not talk, done. talking to each other. Well, yeah, there's too because busy, they're too busy texting yeah, too, and you know, doing all this stuff. Or whatever. Or whatever. It, it, they'll even offer guidance on how to tell someone you love them. Again, we did not make this up. And all I'm going to say is, really, people... Really, do we need to to go here? But wait, there's more. No, I, I, I can't take it. <laughs> In the midst of my research, I stumbled across a high school, Bullet, high, Bullet Central High School, somewhere in Kentucky. I didn't want to know exactly where. <laughs> I'm sorry. They have a one-day, quote-unquote, adulting conference. And the way this conference works is they have various seminars and workshops, and the students pick you know, three of these things to go to to learn more of. So it's it's learn how to balance a checkbook, how to budget, whatever. I'm actually a little less, you know, put off by that. I wish they hadn't called it an adulting conference, but I'm, I was like, okay, fine. They're being a little bit proactive with things and getting the folks in... Um, in either 9 through 12 or 8 through 12. I'm not sure how, how that high school runs. So I was a little bit, you know, less put off by that than having classes for folks in their 20s and 30s who don't know how to be adults, but they're adults. Well, for those, chronologically. Who, for those who need the um, additional help, it's out there for you. Take advantage of it because... Um, this is something that I think you should have learned a little earlier in life, but better late than never. Someone will do their college thesis on why. Why did this happen? And maybe they'll, maybe this will, and I'm not sure where this lands, where Gen Z is, how split that is, and whatever generation's coming after Gen Z. Maybe it'll correct itself, but I suspect that there will be one of these studies in the next decade where they say this is why adulting, lack of adulting happened and, and why these classes were needed or are still needed. Someone will actually get their master's and PhD in this, I'm sure. Well, you know what I'm going to say. <laughs> really? really? <laughs>
Our words of wisdom today comes from Kid President, and it's about how to change the world. Now, if you don't know who Kid President is, that is Robbie Novak, and um, he's been doing this for a while. And you can hear his different videos labeled as Pep Talk, produced and published by Soul Pancake. And you can see them on YouTube. And we heard one of his the other day, and we thought we'd play an excerpt from it because they are ideal words of wisdom that we should all listen to. So play the clip. The next time you feel overwhelmed or totally alone, remember this. Things don't have to be the way they are. The world is changed by ordinary people. Little people living out big love. I think that speaks for itself. You have the power to change the world. You don't have to have uh, a big title. You don't have to be president of the United States or some great CEO. You don't have to be the smartest person in the room, the planet, etc. You just have to have pure heart motivation and just go out there and make a change. Right. Start small. Change the world because ordinary, ordinary people can make a difference. And if you think about just the United States and you look at the changes that were made to society for the better, they didn't come from you know, corporations, the smartest people, the government, it was individuals. You look at the women's rights movement, suffrage, vote for women. You look at civil rights movement. You look at um, unions and everything that's come out of unions with, you know, minimum wage and better pay and so on and so forth. These were all individuals came together, one together, another and made changes. It wasn't some big giant entity with power that did it. So as Robbie would say, kid president, you are awesome and you can change the world. Listen to more of his pep talks on YouTube. Well, Brenda, I think that wraps up our Sweet 16 episode of This and That. Yeah, and we informed people, hopefully inspired and made some impacts. So where do we go from here? Well, our next episode, we will have a salute to those men and women that gave their lives in service of this country. Uh, since we'll be coming out around Memorial Day. That will be a tribute in, in that episode. Then we'll have, of course, words of wisdom, and uh, folks will have to see what our What's Hot segments and everything else will be. Well, I guess we better get started because that's going to be another extra special episode. So until then, all the best. Peace out. Bye, folks. You have been listening to This and That, a podcast collaboration about some of everything about anything. This has been hosted by David and Brenda and is presented by 
about greatercincinnati.com. Music by Poddington Bear. Please subscribe to our podcast so that you can stay up to date about future episodes. If you have any comments or suggestions about this episode, future episodes, interested in sponsorship and or advertising, please email us at thisandthat at aboutgreatercincinnati.com. All rights reserved. Thank you and all the best.